Can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into just six capsules? Yes. We start by sourcing organically grown whole fruits and vegetables. We ensure they are picked at peak ripeness. All of our produce is third-party tested for pesticides, heavy metals, bad bacteria, and nutrients. They are then washed, cut, and put through an advanced vacuum-cold process, which removes the water using pressure. This maximizes the nutritional value while preserving the color, smell, and taste of the fruit or vegetable. The freeze-dried food is then ground into a fine powder without adding any additives, fillers, or extracts. These powdered foods are then mixed in our proprietary blends and encapsulated, locking out air and moisture. The capsules are then bottled and shipped directly to our customers. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code KATE. The show today is pre-recorded. The show today is pre-recorded. Thanks, you guys. Do not listen to this show. The truth can be scary. The Kate Daly Show starts now. Have you ever heard of some fellows who first came over to this country? You know what they found? They found a howling wilderness with summers too hot and winters freezing. Did they have insurance for their old age, for their crops, for their homes? They did not. They looked at the land and the forests and the rivers. They looked at their wives, their kids, and their houses. And then they looked up at the sky and they said... Thanks, God. We'll take it from here. They were rugged fellows. They were men. It's one of my favorite clips coming into the show, and I probably use that clip the longest time I've been on the air. Anyway, love good old John Wayne, don't you? Um, Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. I'm happy to have you today because today is going to be a little bit more of like an information show, and I actually like those. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to spend time listening to a show, I want to learn something. I want something that I can tell my spouse about or my kids about at the dinner table. I... I'm just that way. I just, I want to gain something from listening. And I hope that we do that service every day. I really do. And today I want to share with you a guy's story um, that went online a while back and uh, he was from Bosnia. And I want to share this with you because I want to share with you some of the insights from somebody whose government collapsed. Okay. Now, when I say that... (laughs) I know some people out there, their first thought is, oh my gosh, more gloom and doom. I'm going to jump off a bridge. No, it's not about gloom and doom. And let me explain why. I was talking to my youngest about events unfolding. And you know, social media right now for the, for our, our teens and, and young adults is just exploding with political stuff. So there's an interest there, younger, I, I see in, in my kids politically than there ever has been. So they're very, very aware of, of things going on. Although on their news feed, it's getting very tainted from, from liberal speak, okay? But the reason I'm sharing this with you is I would hope that we weren't afraid of the things that I feel are going to be happening in this decade. And I know you think, but my gosh, we could, we could get to a place where we could, it would be very desperate and very difficult if, we, if the economy stops or if something very bad happens. I get that. But I also know that even those things will pass. You can get through anything. Anything. But 
you have to at least learn from our history to know what to do, right? We all do. Me too. So I want to learn from history and I want to, I want to, cause right now we are the generation that's been probably the most blessed with so many history lessons and so much forewarning and so much, um, just, um, the advantage of understanding the, how, how things work, that we are the ones that could actually put together a game plan. And if you have a game plan, why would you worry? Things could get very rough, and I do think we're going to see some some things get pretty rough around to, to, you know, 2024, 2025. But right now, you have some time to prepare. So even if things get bad, you'll survive it. And the other thing is, hey, guess what? You'll get through it because all things like that come to an end, too. You know, I know that there are those that, that went through the Great Depression that had wished they would have known certain things going in or wish they would have had more lessons, you know, to, to glean from. But we have their lesson to glean from now, right? And we also have these people who lived in all these other countries, even Venezuela, that have experienced so many things that why are we not just learning from them? There's no reason to be afraid. So stop being afraid of it and embrace the things that you can do right now to get ahead of it and prepare. So let me bring you this guy's story, because I think this is very, very compelling, and he made some great points. He was in Bosnia. Um, his name is Selko. He, went, he was in Bosnia from the time, you know, between 1992 and 95. You know, every decade with every president has its certain area with, uh, where the CIA goes in and, uh, and generally wants to boot certain leaders so they can install the ones that, that will go along with the World Bank. And in the Clinton area, it was Bosnia, Bosnia Okay. And, and so this was, he said it was hell. He said, for one year I lived and survived in a city with 6,000 people with no water, no electricity, no gasoline, no medical help, no civil defense, no distribution service of any kind or centralized rule. How did he do it? How did they do it? You're going to learn so much from this guy. He said, our city was blockaded by the army. And for one year in, uh, one year, um, life in the city turned to total crap. We had no um, army, no police. We had only armed groups, armed gangs, you know. Those, uh, and those armed protected their families and their homes, and then they had the, the gangs too. He said, when it all started, some of us were better prepared, but most of the neighbors' families had enough food only for a few days. Some had pistols, a few had AK-47s or shotguns. Now, let me tell you, there was a, you know, pretty, pretty major gun control. They don't have a Second Amendment there. And so not a lot of people um, had guns. But ever since this took place, they pretty much say now that every family has an AK-47 hidden somewhere in their home. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, because they, they remember this. They remember going through this. So he said after about a month or two, it took about a couple of months for the gangs to start operating. And they were starting to kind of, you know, destroy things and, and make their presence very known. Hospitals, he said, for example, turned into slaughterhouses. There was no more police. About 80% of the hospital staff were gone. And he said, I got lucky. My family at the time was fairly large, 15 people in a, in a large house, six pistols and three AKs. And we survived. Most of us survived. He said the Americans dropped MREs every 10 days to help blockaded cities, but it was never enough. Some, very few, had gardens. And it took about three months for the first rumors to spread of people dying from hunger and cold. We removed all the doors, the window frames from abandoned houses, ripped up floors, and burned the furniture for heat. 
And many died from diseases, especially from the water. He said two from his own family, from the water. Uh, He said we drank mostly rainwater, ate pigeons, ate rats. Money soon became very worthless. We returned to an exchange. For a tin can, um, you could have a woman. He said it's hard to speak of, but it's true. And most of the women were, um, who sold themselves were desperate mothers. Oh, it just makes me want to cry. Arms, ammunition, candles, lighters, antibiotics, gasoline, batteries, and food. Let me say that again. Arms, ammunition, candles, lighters, antibiotics, gasoline, batteries, and food. He said, we fought for these things like animals. In these uh, situations, it all changes. Men become can become monsters. He said it was really hard. Strength was in numbers. A man living alone, uh, getting killed and robbed would just be a matter of time, even if he was armed. And he said, so basically people had to stick together. And he said, it doesn't matter what will happen, an earthquake, a war, a tsunami, aliens, terrorists, you know, economic collapse, uprising. The important part is that something will happen. And here he said, here's my experience. You can make it your own and don't stay apart from family, friends, prepare together, choose reliable friends. And he said, you know, how do you move safely around in a city? So he was in a city of 6,000. He said, how do you do that when the gangs are out? He said, the city was divided into communities along streets. He said, our street, 15 to 20 homes, had patrols, five armed men from the group every single week to watch out for gangs, for our enemies. And all the exchanges, exchanges occurred in the street. All the exchanges occurred in the street. The five uh, kilometers away was an entire street just for trading. And it was all very well organized. But he said going there was dangerous because they did have snipers. So you could also get robbed by bandits. And he only went there twice. And he said when I needed something really rare, a list of medicine, mainly antibiotics, something like this. Nobody used automobiles in the city. The streets were blocked by wreckage and abandoned cars. And gasoline was very expensive. So if one needed to go somewhere, get this, it was only done at night. He said, you never travel alone or in groups that were too big. Always just two to three men, all armed, travel swift at night, cross streets through ruins, don't go in open streets. And he said there were many gangs, 10 to 15 men strong, some as large as 50. But where, um, uh, but where were also many normal men like you and me, fathers and grandfathers who, who were doing some some pretty bad acts, you know? Um, and he said there were no good and bad men. They were, most were in the middle and ready for the worst. And he said, what about wood? He said, your home, your home city is surrounded by woods. You know what? The question was, what did you, why did you burn doors and furniture? And he said, he said there were not many woods around the city. It was very beautiful. Restaurants, cinemas, schools, even an airport, every tree in the city and every, um, and in the city park was cut down for fuel in the first two months. So in the first two months, they went through all of that because they, they were in a city. So that's, that went. He said, without electricity for cooking and heat, we burned anything that could burn. Furniture, doors, flooring. The wood, uh, you know, that wood burns pretty swiftly. And he said, we had no suburbs or suburban farms. The enemy was uh, in the suburbs. We were surrounded. Even, if you, even in the city, you never knew um, who was the enemy at any given point. And... They said, you know, what was, 
what knowledge was really useful to you in this period? And he said, to imagine the situation a bit better, you have to know it was practically a return to the Stone Age. He said, for example, I had a container of cooking gas, but I did not use it for heat. That'd be too expensive. I attached a nozzle to it, made myself, and used it to fill lighters. Lighters, like Bic lighters, were precious. He said, if a man brought an empty lighter, I would fill it, and he would give me a tin of food or a candle. Bic lighters, who knew? He said, I was a paramedic, and in these conditions, my knowledge was my wealth. Be curious, have a skill. In these conditions, the ability to fix things was more valuable than gold. Items and supplies will inevitably run out, but your skills will keep you fed. And he said, I wish to say this, learn to fix things, shoes or people. I'll say that again. Learn to fix things, shoes or people. He said, my neighbor, for example, knew how to make kerosene for lamps. He never went hungry. Just think about that for a moment. Have you ever thought about those items specifically? You know, one of the observations from this, and I have more to say on this, but one of the observations is, is that they never thought it would get to this in a million years. So most people went unprepared because they just never thought, right? Think about this country. We just think it would never happen here. But if you disrupt the, the supply chain and something goes on in this country, um, that would prevent, um, really, uh, the economy from, from continuing on or something were to happen. This would happen very quickly, this scenario. Wouldn't it? Very quickly. More quickly than we could even imagine. Yes, right here in America. With all the things that, that they could do. That's why I think this hour is really important to kind of think ahead a little bit. No, the show today is pre-recorded. The show today is pre-recorded. This is the Kate Daly Show. I can't wait until I see you back uncle milty's back um i'm so relieved that you're back it's really nice to have you here and, it is uh, nice to have me here <laughs> it's not <I'm> so humble <laughs> um well anyway uh go to balance of nature you started taking balance of nature uh in at morning and at night yeah i had and it I, was making you, you know i i was so sick right and i had no appetite mm-hmm. and i couldn't think of anything else and all of a sudden it struck me just take this stuff twice a day. Yeah. And like within five days, I noticed a big, big difference. Nice. Yeah, Balance and of Nature is awesome. And my appetite came back. Well, there you go. Balance of Nature is just an awesome product. Make sure that you're taking it and that you have it on hand. Um, and take it, uh, you can triple up on it. I know that the uh, doctor that invented it actually will triple up on it sometimes. Um, so, you know, make sure that you have it in, in your arsenal, in your cupboard, and have it in uh, extra form, let's just say, because you just never know. Make sure that you've got it. Balance of Nature's 31 fruits and vegetables. 31 fruits and vegetables in caplet form, capsule form, and uh, you can take this every day. Um, you'll love it. Put in the code Kate, K 
K-A-T-E, and you'll get uh, 35% off and uh, free shipping. But I've heard this from many people. I've got friends that take this, too, and they've said the same thing. When they got when they started to kind of feel like their immune system wasn't kicking in like they wanted, they doubled up or tripled up, and then all of a sudden they just plowed through it, and it was just perfectly fine, and they didn't get sick. So make sure you've got that. Who knows what they're going to unleash in the future in reality terms of what they're actually yeah. going to do. You don't know. So shore up your immune system now, and this is a product I believe in wholeheartedly. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Caller, you're live. Caller, it doesn't get more live than this. You're absolutely live. All righty then. <laughs> okay. Well, you missed your chance. Uh, give us a call back if you'd like. Um, hopefully you'll answer this time. And um, let's talk about the Pentagon because this was... Between this story and the story where the uh, rescue ships or w- the rescue boats would only pick up the vaccinated at the volcano. Um, wow. Uh, it says a lot. It says a lot about where we're at right now. So here's the deal with this. The Pentagon creates this microchip that will detect COVID-19 under your skin. You guys, this is, if it's anything, it's a coronavirus. Even though they don't have a clear sample of it after a year, it's it would be a coronavirus strain. Okay, we've mm-hmm. dealt with these every year, every single year. Something neither new comes out or every other year. Give me a break. But anyway, medical researchers are working for the Pentagon have claimed to create a microchip that can identify viruses under your skin. Retired Army Colonel Dr. Matt Hepburn, an infectious disease physician, told 60 Minutes that the microchip acts like a check engine light for people. I'm sorry, isn't the check engine light? that you have a symptom i know yep. i don't want to you know <laughs> state the obvious but really do you need a check engine light for you to say hey you know the back of my throat feels funky or <laughs> i have a cough i mean wow so anyway does not track their every movement now i just i'm sorry he said this to 60 minutes why did he say that why did he say that why do you pony it up? You know what this is like? Because this is what he said again, but it doesn't track their every movement. Um, nobody said it did, Dr. Hepburn from the um, Army. Why are you offering that up unless that's exactly what it does? Am I right? It's this a is, chip. This is how they do it. Oh, my gosh. So he goes, but it doesn't track their every movement, even though no one's ever accusing me of that, uh, which has been central to online conspiracy theories. Wow. Nobody said it was tracking you in that way. Even though it is. (laughs) Yeah, yet. Um, Anyway, it's just funny. The technology was developed by DARPA. I feel warm and cuddly now. Um, DARPA, which operates under the Pentagon umbrella of the dark black budget that nobody ever gets to find out. Yeah, you've all heard of Umbrella Corporation, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> Burns interview was conducted on the Roosevelt, uh, where last year over 12,000 crew members uh, tested positive. Of course, they had to get that in there. But you know what they didn't mention? All the ships that stood there still with no patients for a long time. Anyway, and so um, they said that uh, uh, still doesn't mean. OK, so the microchip, which is not in widespread use beyond the Defense Department is embedded under the skin in a tissue-like gel and continuously tests the recipient's blood for evidence of a virus 
you have to be damn scared. You have to be so scared by the propaganda that you're willing to do this because you are that person wearing the hazmat suit at the grocery store still. That's the only person I know that would sign up for this. And uh, they said that they said that it alerts the carrier. They must immediately get a blood test. It's a sensor. Does it go off like a like a like a Walmart light? You know, <laughs> like a blue light special. Your eyes, your eyes start you spinning up? in your head. <laughs> like the Exorcist. <laughs> I mean, I can't, how does it alert you? Give me a break. Went on to claim that the early detection technology could stop the infection in its tracks. I'm sorry. Yeah, you I'm, have. <laughs> You have vaccines that are killing people, literally killing people in the first two and a half, three months of this rollout. But they have a device that goes under the skin to stop it at its tracks. In its tracks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I know. I because can't believe this. Before what? it sets off one chip <laughs> alarm, it's already infected 800 million people. That's what I want to... <laughs> I want to go to the grocery store and my chip goes off to tell everybody I'm deathly ill from a cold so that everybody scatters around me and treats me even more like I'm some dirty person out there. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Can you even believe this thing? Who is stupid enough to go get this? Well, the people in the hazmat suit. Yeah. It's the ones that are yelling at everybody for not wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. They're so in fear. They'll do this thing. They believe it. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Um, So a military spouse, they actually got it into a military spouse, they say, dubbed Patient 16, reportedly went through the process after going through a serious illness that caused a septic. And after four days of treatment, she made a full recovery. She would have made a full recovery, probably. Maybe she has a pretty decent immune system. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, some miracles kicked in. You just never know. But of course they're gonna they're gonna say that this little chip under the skin worked out perfectly. Amazing, right? I thought it was gonna stop it dead in its tracks. Four days is a little long. <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> be dead in your track. Yeah. yeah. Hi caller, welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hello. Hi, you're you're live. Go right ahead. Yeah, I've got a couple of things. First thing is a comment you asked earlier, what what is it called? Uh, that's going on in Minnesota right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not rights. It's called reparations. Mm. And uh, the other thing is, uh, Uncle Milty, uh, you're talking about your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Was this by uh, Dr. Fauci that you've been seeing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it feels like it. <laughs> Similar. Okay. Well, that's Similar. all I needed to know. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Love your show. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh gosh. Um, there's so much going on. It's like pick your low-hanging fruit uh, right now. But I'll tell you the other thing about the people that were rescued that were vaccinated only. We want only the vaccinated. We're going to vaccinate the the you know that we're going to rescue those people first. It's a it, it's a it's a big sign right now that we're not moving in the right direction. And it's only going to get worse if we don't take a stand. I know it doesn't. I know it's not fun. You know, we have been dependent on the government for so long. Do you know why we, we call it the, de- the uh, Declaration of Independence? Why didn't we call it the Declaration of Liberty, the Declaration of Freedom? Do you know why? There were two documents signed before the doc- Declaration of Independence that were similar. And one was two centuries before and uh, this was in the 1500s. 
And when they signed their declaration, um, when they signed it, it was during the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, it was during those times, and they were going after the Calvinists, and they signed a document basically saying, you know, we don't want you anymore because you, King, are screwing us over pretty bad on our liberty. But the interesting thing about the document was that um, they said and recognized that God gave them a king to rule over them, and that their job was to say, you know, that they could say, they could say, that the person was tyrannical and move to do something about it. This was like a big deal to, to even say that that was a big deal. Right. But you can clearly identify the dependence in that statement. Right. The dependence on somebody telling them, you know, what to do, watching out for them yeah. and making sure. OK, when they got to the Declaration of Independence, they did the Declaration of Independence as they listed 27 grievances about the king. Right. About the about about the British rule and said, you know, these are the things that they've wronged us in because you know what they had to break? The psychological bonds to government, the psychological bonds of dependency. That's why. And they knew that the people, it was going to be very, very hard to move them off of this idea that they had to have a ruler in place and that to self-govern, it was going to be really difficult to do. <laughs> and, there, and so this is why they, they did the Declaration of Independence, right? They didn't just do the Declaration of Freedom. Um, because that wouldn't have made the impact of the Declaration of Independence moving from dependence to independence. The freedom or liberty was the result of the independence. But they had that psychological problem of the dependency. And Jefferson, 50 years later, Jefferson, still alive, um, almost to the point where he was passing away, got invited to um, the 4th fourth, the fourth of July celebration. And this was after 50 years of being in this country and having America. And he said, I, you know, I hope they're profiting by now off of, off of capitalism, off of all the things and freedom and liberty that we're able to do now. I hope by now they can see it, but I'm still worried that they can't. He was still worried 50 years in that the people could not see how important their liberty was for mm -hmm. them because he was so worried about them becoming dependent again and, and, um, and wanting them to stay strong. And here we are today fighting the same battle. You're always going to have a percentage that are just so clingy and dependent on whoever can tell them how to tie their shoes next. Yep. It's just how it's going to work. And so you get to the people that you can, I mean, how many conversations do you think you've had where you kind of turned somebody's thinking mechanism on? I would say quite oh, a few, oh, quite a few. Yeah, because we're, you're out there telling the truth. And this is why education is so important. This is why that breaking that bond of dependency, um, helping them to break that. Why in the world would you be dependent on a government that lies to you all the time, has lied to you consistently, has screwed you over consistently? Why would you be dependent on them? Why would you look for your government to tell you about your medical advice? <laughs> do, you go to the, do you go to them for your antibiotics? No. Do you call up your governor and say, I want to know what antibiotics to take today? No, of course not. But it's the, it's the dependency uh, that we've got to work through. And uh, that's the battle. That's truly the battle. Um, and he clearly identified it. And he said, he said, I hope that the people don't act as slaves. And I hope that this is Jefferson. And I hope that, um, that, those, uh, that those that try to rule over them don't um, ride them like a horse and, and tell them what to do at every turn. Yeah. 
and I echo that. Um, when we come back, there's still so much more to talk about. We've got uh, uh, Florida's really kind of uh, screwing over their pro-gun people right now. Hmm. And this is happening in every state, so I want to give you an example of this. Um, an abortion by mail. Yeah, you heard me. Oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, gross, disgusting and evil. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll take your calls, too. The show today is pre-recorded. The show today is pre-recorded. 673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Because uh, this is for Uncle Milty. He loves disco. He listens to it all the time. In my angel flight pants. <laughs> I could just picture it. I could actually right now with as much weight as I've lost, I could wear them. You could, you could probably fit into them? Yep. Oh, dear. Thanks for that visual. Um, all right. Angel flight. Man. Man. Angel flight. Okay. Um Welcome back to the show. Uncle Milty's back. Isn't it nice? And uh, I, make sure you get over to MyPillow.com. Like I mentioned before, uh, Mike Lindell's very busy uh, doing all of these things, starting my store and uh, to compete with Bezos, which is awesome. And then, of course, because Bezos is such a sellout punk CIA stooge. And uh, I love Mike Lindell. And Mike uh, is also uh, doing a uh, social uh, media network too. And um, you, when you go to mypillow.com, just use the code word Kate. Aren't the pill, aren't the uh, towels amazing? Yes. Oh my gosh. They were beautiful. People have to like see them and get them to understand. They're so soft. Them. Yeah, they are truly luxury, luxury towels. Um, make sure that you get some of those. Make sure you get my, my pillow. If you snore, get the blue one or the green one. See, in the store, they only sell one kind, but when you go online, they sell all the different variants of my pillow. You can mm. get any kind of variant you want, and they're color coded to order okay and so the blue and the green help with snoring i'll be done i mean they're amazing let me just tell you and uh and then also um the robes, the uh, you name it, everything. The down comforter is just off the charts amazing, too. Um, it's real down. And so make sure you go to MyPillow.com and put in the code word Kate. There's a two-for-one special on the sheets right now. They're Giza cotton, and they're amazing. They are truly the softest thing uh, that you'll sleep in, and they just feel good. Um, so there's a two-for-one. Take advantage of that. Put in the code Kate. Get 30% off. And uh, such. Fa they really did get fantastic products. I was really blown away at the quality, to tell you the truth. I wasn't expecting. I hate to say that. I just wasn't expecting it. And it blew my mind. Um, MyPillow.com. And his new movie, Scientific Proof, is out, too. You can go to Mike Lindell TV. Um, so abortion by mail, um, because, of, because of COVID, everything's because of COVID, um, you can get your abortion uh, medication through the mail. It just makes me want to vomit. I, I swear to you, the evil that's going on, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah had nothing on us. We are... <laughs> It's just vile. So there's that. And, Is that the uh, morning it, after pill? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they'll send you a prescription. <sighs> I know. How about not sleeping with the person? How about that? 
Oh, that's right. We don't do anything that has any, um, you know, morals or values no, anymore. No, no. We actually just like to be really promiscuous and then have every reason in the book to go and commit even even bigger sin. You know, it's it's amazing to watch these these women. Um, there's absolutely no like self control anymore. I guess is that what it is? It's just like total lack of self control. So you have to figure out a way out because you don't want to put a lid on uh, your. I I don't think self control even comes into it. I think it's just a totally free and open mind that thinks anything goes. Yeah, must there's be. not even an attempt. Must be. Yeah. To stop it. Must be. Um. And uh, by the way, if you had a trip planned to Israel, I don't know anyone that does, but if you do, you can go back in May if you're vaccinated. They have the green badge over there. It's kind of like the gold star, except that it's green and it's a badge. That's the only difference. It just looks a little different, I guess. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're taking a citizenry and you want to divide them, so one part of the citizenry can say they're better than the other part yeah. and more clean and, and everything else. The best way to do that is give everybody something to wear. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And um, more clean has always been an issue right. with the Jewish people. <laughs> now, listen. No, it has. Well, it ha Even in the scripture, the, it was all about cleanliness. Well, it's just amazing that, uh, that this is... This is the byline today. It's like, I just can't even believe that they're doing this there. Like, what an amazing, an amazing, not in a good way to watch. But let me blow your mind for a second. Can I blow your mind? Let me blow your mind. Okay. There was a book uh, called Generations. Now, Strauss and Howe wrote the book, The Fourth Turning. We talk about the four fourth turning on the show. But this is this is a little different. This was actually um, from nineteen from the, the book is actually called Generations: The History of America from 1584, where the Puritans were, to two thousand, jumping ahead to two thousand sixty nine. Oh wow! And they identified eighteen cycles, and they identified four different generations that kind of play off of each other. So right now you have the GI, then you had the Silent Generation, then the Boomer. You're a Boomer. Hmm. And then um, the 13, I'm the 13, uh, the 13 is like 60 to 1980 and then uh, millennials. Okay. So you have these different generations and they're all kind of known for something. Now my generation, the 13 -er, is known as the generation that everyone hates. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason being is because we came after the boomer and you guys all had it together. Right. But we didn't have it together and we just kind of want to live for the moment and we don't save any money and we're not geared that way. And we're just this group that hit the eighties hard, the rock, the rock and 80s and we're trying to find our way as the book puts it and we're the annoying we're the annoying ones we're the ones that are like we have to count on them and, <laughs> and when i read it i thought thanks uh -huh. <laughs> nice but um there was something very very interesting in this book that i i wanted to relay to you because i thought this was really very interesting and it said this um it said uh it actually called this a crisis now this was back in 1991 on page 15 and you can go check this out because all you have to do is is put in the title generations on um, generation of america the history of america's future okay and you can find this because the pdf so you can find it um, on page 15 no lie in 1991 it said this and i quote no one for example can foretell the specific 
specific emergency that will confront America during what we call the crisis of 2020. Nor, of course, the exact year in which this crisis will find its epicenter. What do we claim our cycle can predict is that during the late 2010s and early 2020s, American generations will pass deep into a crisis era constellation and mood, and that as a consequence, the nation's public life will undergo a swift and possible revolutionary transformation. Then it went on to say this. Now listen up, folks. This was in 1991 where they were looking at the cycles from the Puritans to today, okay? And it said this in 1991. How significant will this crisis be? Recall the parallel er errors. Remember, we're looking at cycles. The Glorious Revolution, the American Revolution, the Civil War, and the years spanning the Great Depression and World War II. The crisis of 2020 will be a major turning point in American history and an adrenaline-filled moment of trial. At its climax, Americans will feel the fate of posterity for generations to come hangs in the balance. What will the national mood be like? This crisis will be pivotal moment in the life cycles of all generations alive at the time. The sense of community will be omnipresent. Moral order will be unquestioned with rights and wrongs, crisply defined, defined and obeyed. Sacrifices will be asked and given. America will be resolved to do whatever it needs doing and fix what it needs fixing. How will this crisis end? Three of the four end in triumph, ended in triumph of those previous cycles, uh, previous events. The fourth, the Civil War, in a mixture of moral fatigue, vast human tragedy, and a weak and vengeful sense of victory. We can foresee a full range of possible outcomes from stirring achievement to apocalyptic tragedy. Whoa. So what's it going to be, folks? Do we have a stirring achievement of telling these people where to go with their narratives and lies? Or is it apocalyptic tragedy and we allow them to inject us with a load of crap into our bodies and keep injecting us because it's not going to end? Bill Gates just said there's another, uh, of course, there's going to be another pandemic on the way. And boy, is he excited. He tweeted out in 2019, December of 2019, that he was super excited about the coming year because he was going to be able to get these uh, new vaccines out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what do you think of that prediction in, in 1991 by Strauss and Howe? And the book is called Generations, The History of America's Future, 1584 to 2069. It goes through all the different generations. It describes what a boomer is and how they handle their, their uh, going into old age, uh, the um, uh, 13ers coming of age, you know, into middle age. I mean, all the different groups. And it talks about how they handle each other and how they confront each other. But isn't that really amazing? It is. And there's a long time to go to the end. Yeah. 2069 is a ways off. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, which is it, what's it going to be? Because they're basically saying we have a choice here. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Great to have you back, Milty. Thank you. Isn't he great? Yeah. Way back machine. Yeah. 1968. Mm -hmm. The original Star Trek. Okay. The show's called The Omega Glory. It's about biological warfare mm -hmm. and vaccines and bones laying it down and slapping Fauci in the mouth. Check <laughs> it out, guys. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, I thought this was really interesting. Yeah. The, the fact that they can nail the crisis of 2020 in their mm. cycle. 
you know, it should give you a little hope that that even being foreseen as this huge transformative trial that could transform generations, that you can reclaim this. There yeah. is a little hope here that you can reclaim this and you can turn this event around if we have enough Americans that are willing to do it. Yep. That's the key, right? That's always the key. I know. People. <laughs> People. Stand I thought up. I going to say papers, please. Um, we just cannot put up with this. And so I, I love these kinds of, in the next hour, I want to explore a little bit some um, very, very interesting predictions about uh, now. Because I always am a little curious as to what they've had, you know, what they say, right? Yeah. Um, aren't you? I mean. Always. I, yeah. And I don't know that any of them are so prophetic they nail it. But wow. When I read this, you guys, I was reading this book and came across this. And I thought, oh, my gosh. The crisis of 2020 nailed down in 1991. <laughs> How would they know that? Um, this is very, very transformative. So we just have to. We just have to uh, realize that we need to work really, really hard right now. Yeah. Right? Or use time travel. <laughs> Is that available? Maybe. Not that you I never know. know. You don't know. I don't know. Did Tesla ever set that up? There I know are he was people who it. believe he was working that on it. it was successful. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, and it was Donald Trump's uh, uncle. It was his great uncle. Right? That went in? Uh I know. That is a weird story, you have to admit. Yes, it is. It was his great uncle, the one that went in to assess Tesla's works to see if they were were anything worth mentioning. And he said they weren't. (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. But there's also the stories that George Bush was hanging around that time, too. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. In the company of Tesla. Hmm. Very interesting. Or Prescott, I'm sorry. Prescott, the, the dad. The dad that was uh, accused of war crimes um, sold out World War II. Anyway, so kind of crazy. I just wanted to mention that and let that stir around for a little bit because I thought it was that insane. Florida, I just wanted to mention what they're doing. Uh, They're acting like uh, they're pro-gun, but they've cut off the uh, session to the public because of COVID. And they're stalling a pro-gun Second Amendment uh, legislation piece. And they're acting like it's the opposition doing it, but they're the ones that are really doing it. So you got a lot of Republicans that are total sellouts. Oh my gosh, I'm so shocked. You should see my face. (laughs) I'm never shocked at the selling out of America by these people. I'm really not anymore. Well, they've been promoting Florida so hard. Uh huh. Yep. That alone tells you something. Right? I feel the same exact way. And so, uh, Florida, you know, I'm so sorry. I, I've been going through this in my state as well. I don't know about you, Illinois or Oregon or, or Alabama or Missouri, but I, I've been going through, we've been going through the same thing where they all act like they want something and they tell you they want it. And then they act like, oh, darn it. We didn't get yeah. it. Aww. So it's the big, it's the big fake play. And, uh, these people are, are so fake uh, in office right now. Um, I know even in my own state, I can pick out maybe like six people that I think maybe might make the right decision when the decisions come around. But isn't that amazing that out of the whole lot of them, that's about all I can come up with? Yeah. And I think every state's about the same, right? I think so. I yeah. think they're all pretty close. Yeah, I mean, you have some outliers. But right, right. Well, you for made the it. most part. You made it. I made it my two hours. I'm going to cut early. I don't want to overdo it my first day. I don't want you to overdo it. I want you to be 
I want you to be a good boy and do whatever the doctor says. All right. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you again Thursday, right? Yep. Okay. Um, I'll be right back, and I'm, I'm going to be talking a little bit about predictions, so uh, make sure you stay on. Call in 888-673-1450. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. So glad Milty's back. And uh, anyway, you'll be joining me for this next hour. So hang out. <laughs>